Normal broadcasting has been discontinued. Coming to you from Portland, Oregon. The sports business capital of North America. Keep your radio tuned to this frequency. You're listening to Sports Business Radio. Now, your host. I tell you, I've never seen anything like that guy. Brian Berger. Well, thanks for checking out the only show in the country dedicated to covering the business side of sports. Glad you could join us this week. In our next segment, we're going to look at the headlines of the week, sponsored by the Warsaw Sports Marketing Center at the University of Oregon. In segment three, Ethan Skolnick. He's with the South Florida Sun Sentinel. We're going to take you to Miami and get the reaction of Miami fans to the trifecta that Pat Riley pulled off this week, landing not only Dwayne Wade, but also teaming him with Chris Bosh and the crown jewel of the NBA free agent market, LeBron James. That's coming up in segment three. In segment four, we are literally going to go inside the business operations of the Miami Heat. Eric Woolworth, he's the president of business operations for the Miami Heat. We're going to talk about how this changes the business operations of that organization You didn't just get one guy. You got three of the most high-profile players in the NBA playing on one team. How will that affect season ticket sales, sponsorships, merchandise sales? We will break that all down with Eric Woolworth, the president of business operations for the Miami Heat. That's in segment four. A couple of other notes. Visit my sports business blog or download the SBR podcast on demand. Go to sportsbusinessradio.com. We are literally weeks away Days away, hopefully, from launching our new website. So keep an eye on sportsbusinessradio.com. You can follow me on Twitter. I'm at SB Radio. We're on Facebook, facebook.com backslash sportsbusinessradio. Griggs, would you think of the big announcement, the decision from LeBron James? Too much hype, or did you think it was all justified? Way too much hype. This was just crazy. I mean, it. It's like it felt like it's been about a year waiting for this thing to happen. And, and like I was telling you before we went on the air, it's I was sitting at a restaurant and when it came down and every guy in the place just it's like it froze. It's like it was like the, you know, president talking or something. It just every guy watching, waiting to see what was going to happen. It's crazy. Well, we will have the numbers for you. How did that do as far as ratings go on ESPN? It's a big number. We'll give you that number next when headlines come up. You're listening to Sports Business Radio. We'll be right back. This is SBR. Back with more after this. This is Brian Berger from Sports Business Radio. I know many of our listeners dream of a job in the sports industry but don't know where to begin. To me, it's an easy call. Go where sports business education got its start, at the Warsaw Sports Marketing Center at the University of Oregon. As the first business school in the country to offer undergraduate and graduate programs themed around this multi-billion dollar industry, the Warsaw Center offers a unique blend and strong general business training, sports business curriculum taught by industry experts, and rich out-of-classroom experiences including real-world consulting projects, study tours, and internships. With a strong industry and alumni network and a staff dedicated to accelerating your career, the Warsaw Center has a proven track record of placing students in teams, league offices, corporate sponsors, marketing agencies, sports media, and sports shoe and apparel firms. But like any elite team, there's only a few spots on the roster. To learn more, visit sportsbusinessradio.com for a link to the center's website. The Warsaw Sports Marketing Center. Passion, integrity, and leadership in sports business education. 
back to Sports Business Radio with Brian Berger. It's time for this week's Sports Business Radio headline, sponsored by the Warsaw Sports Marketing Center at the University of Oregon. Visit warsawcenter.com for more information. Headline number one, the NBA free agency period. It has reached its pinnacle. We have lots of answers this week that we did not have last week. Let's start with the decision, Gregs. LeBron James. He's going to the Miami Heat. Coming up in our next segment, Ethan Skolnick with the South Florida Sun Sentinel. He's in Miami. We'll visit with him. And then in segment four, a very busy man this week, Eric Woolworth, the president of business operations of the Miami Heat. He's going to join me, talk about how this has all impacted their business in Miami. Let me give you some numbers. 7.3 overnight rating Thursday night for the decision on ESPN. More than 300,000 unique viewers watched the show on ESPN3.com and ESPN.com. Three million people logged on to ESPN Mobile Web to watch the decision. Griggs, essentially, this was very big programming, dwarfed the numbers from Alex Rodriguez when he did his sit-down with Peter Gammons a few years ago and Tiger Woods when he did his sit-downs earlier. This was big numbers. You know, I didn't like how it all went down, but it was big numbers at the end of the day. Yeah, in any way you put it, I mean, it's it was must-see TV for any sports fan. I mean, even if you didn't really want to watch it, you had to watch it because it was that big of news and everybody had that much interest. And not many people really knew, you know, truthfully where he was going to go until that moment when he said it. Personally, I'm a guy that much prefers Kevin Durant's way of announcing his contract via Twitter. Very low-key, very humble. I don't like all this pomp and circumstance that we saw with LeBron. That's who he is, though. And, you know, he hurt his brand, I think, this week. He turned a lot of people off with how he did business. I don't have a problem with LeBron leaving Cleveland and going to Miami. He was a free agent. He had that right. But the way he had this grandiose announcement to essentially stab Cleveland in the back, that poor city didn't deserve this, Griggs. You know, and can you, I mean, with that first game when he's back in Cleveland playing, oh, I mean, they're going to have so much cops and police and oh. security for that thing. It's going to be crazy. Now, speaking of animosity from Cleveland, Dan Gilbert, if you have not read his letter, holy cow, he did not pull any punches in that letter. And he says the Cavs are going to win a championship before LeBron wins one in Miami with the Heat. Dan Gilbert has a lot of reasons to be upset. Chief, number one reason, his franchise is probably going to drop 75 to $100 million in franchise value. He paid $375 million to buy the Cavs back in 2005. I'm guessing they're worth about 275 to $300 million today without LeBron on that team. Flip side, Heat franchise value goes up big time with those three iconic players. It's kind of like the New York Yankees of basketball. The decision on ESPN, sponsorship sold to Nike, University of Phoenix, Bing, McDonald's, Vitamin Water, raised $2.5 million for the Boys and Girls Club. That's the good part of all of this. The other thing, our next headline that I want to cover with NBA Free Agency, NBA Owners. They've lost their minds. I have no problem with the elite guys, the max guys, getting paid big money. But let me give you the stat of the week. NBA owners have agreed to pay Amir Johnson, Drew Gooden, Channing Frye, Darko Milicic, and Linus Klaza. Who? 
a combined $137 million this offseason. That is stunning to me, Griggs, especially with the fact that next year is when the collective bargaining agreement expires and the owners have been crying poor. You're paying out $137 million to role players? That's a problem. It's unbelievable. I mean, like you said, who? I mean, who are half these guys? I mean, I know Channing because he played here in Portland, so that's the only reason I know him. But it's like, you know, where are they getting these mo- this money from? And these guys are going to be playing. They're not going to play five years with these teams, most likely. I mean, you know, it's just they're going to get bounced around, and then it's like it's just a mess, I think. Now, who are the biggest losers because LeBron goes to Miami? Obviously, Cleveland, number one. We just talked about that. This is going to hurt their franchise value. It's going to hurt their sponsorships. There are going to be people that cancel their season tickets. It's really a shame. The local businesses over the next six years could lose an estimated $200 million. LeBron was huge for the businesses around Gundarina in Cleveland, around town in Cleveland. He meant a lot to Akron. He says he's going to go back there, but I don't know if he's going to be welcome back there. So it's going to be interesting. It's a sad story because, again, the people of Cleveland have gone through a lot, and now this is another sad story in their sports history. The other team that's lost a lot here, the New York Knicks. Donnie Walsh reports that he may retire the president of basketball operations. I think this sets him back. They spent the last three years going for it. It didn't work out. Our next headline and our final headline of the week, World Cup Soccer. Probably the number one headline around the world if you go to other countries. It's Spain versus the Netherlands. Probably going to be the biggest TV audience of the year for any event, including the Olympics, including the Super Bowl. Lots of people will be tuning in. I know we will as well. Coming up next, Ethan Skolnick. He's with the South Florida Sun Sentinel. In segment four, Eric Woolworth, the president of business operations for the Miami Heat. You're listening to Sports Business Radio. I'll be right back. Podcast this show and any other past SBR episode at sportsbusinessradio.com. Back with more SBR after this. Sports Business Radio talks to the people who call the shots in the world of sports. Brian Berger goes one-on-one with the biggest names. My guest is NBA Commissioner David Stern. I thought you did a wonderful job of handling the game ball situation. You listened to your players and the owners, and ultimately I thought you got it right. What did you learn from that experience? It probably pays to go the extra step to build a consensus, even though you don't think there's any other view that makes sense. My guest is Jack Nicholas. What are the main lessons the game of golf can teach us if we pay close enough attention? You develop relationships with people. I think you play 18 holes of golf with somebody. You get to know them pretty well. We're joined by Bill Hancock. He's the executive director of the BCS. What we want is for the best two teams to play in the championship game. Beyond that, I'm not sure it's really fair to say what's good for the BCS or or what's bad for the BCS. Follow us at sportsbusinessradio.com and on Twitter at SB Radio. What were the terms that got that big deal done? These guys know. Sports Business Radio. My guest is Ethan Skolnick. He's with the South Florida Sun Sentinel. He's going to give us a bird's eye view from Miami after the big signings of LeBron James, Chris Bosh, and re-signing Dwayne Wade this week. Ethan, thanks for joining us on Sports Business Radio. Oh, no, it's good to be here, guys. So give me your reaction 
when you heard from LeBron James during his decision show that he was actually coming to Miami? Because I think for a lot of people, you know, it had been rumored and we all thought going into the free agent period, boy, Pat Riley might be able to do this, but few thought he could actually pull it off. Yeah, I mean, I think when you looked at the situation over the past couple of weeks, it's looked more and more likely that uh, LeBron James could end up here. But until it actually occurred, until he actually said, I'm you know, bringing my talents down to South Beach, you never knew. I mean, there was so much misinformation. It's just not been a particularly proud time for the media. I think just throwing rumors out there left and right, talking to sources who clearly were in conflict with each other. So, you know, there were a lot of reasons for him to come here, but there were a lot of reasons for him to stay. There were reasons for him to go to New York, Chicago. So you really couldn't count on anything. And and now that he's come, I think that uh, people are starting to try to digest it. You know, I mean, you had Shaquille O'Neal here for, for uh, you know, three, three and a half years. Uh, early it was a lot of fun. Late it wasn't so much fun. Um, but the Heat, you know, since then has been pretty much Dwayne Wade and, uh, and a cast of guys he's had to carry. And now all of a sudden you've got another major celebrity. And unlike Shaq, a guy who's coming down here in his prime, a guy who you would expect to be here for five, six, seven, eight years or more. Yeah, I mean, it's really amazing. Pat Riley deserves a ton of credit, but, you know, Dwayne Wade, I give him a lot of credit, too, for really behind the scenes getting LeBron James and Chris Bosh to sacrifice money and some other things to come on down to join him in South Florida. Absolutely. You know, you look at Wade's situation. I mean, that's where it starts. I mean, Dwayne had to be willing to allow somebody to come down and take some of his spotlight. And it's not so much the money. I mean, these guys will make up the money. I know it sounds like a lot to you and me and everyone, you know, a lot of other people. But, what, you know, you're talking about a million, two million here. I mean, you're talking about basically signing an endorsement deal and you, you wipe all that away. So it was really about the fact that this is Dwayne's town. It's his team. It's his house, as he says. And really, since Shaq left, he hasn't had to share that spotlight. Well, now he's got somebody who has a bigger brand than him who's going to come in. And so he had to be willing to do this, uh, and I give him a lot of credit. I know there was some criticism of Dwayne for the way that the situation was handled, the fact that he, I think he was seriously considering uh, maybe going to Chicago. But once it all played out, I think as you look at it now, I think Dwayne comes out of this, other than Riley, uh, looking the best. And, and I think if you look at Riley, I mean, I've, you know, I've taken my shots at him over the years. He doesn't draft particularly well. Some of the moves he's made, he's overpaid for – some free agents in the past, but uh, he had a plan here. He decided to basically forego the five and ten dollar tables, go straight to the back room that you can only see through glass, and uh, and and he basically put all his chips down and and he he won big. And he could have come out of here with nothing. He could have sunk the franchise, and instead he has a team that, other than the Yankees, uh, is is you know I mean this is going to be the most talked about, scrutinized, watched hated teams in sports, and uh, it's going to be right there. I think it's Yankees 1, and it's going to be Heat 2, so that, that's what you're looking at right now. Yeah, I don't think people realize how all-in Pat Riley was. I mean, literally, the Heat had two players under contract on the roster. If you don't get Dwayne Wade first and then get the buy-in of these other two guys, I mean, this could have been a, a dormant franchise, an MBDL team next season. Oh, absolutely. And, and and the bigger risk was that you would just start throwing money at guys who didn't deserve it just to get somebody to come into the games. I mean, that, that was really my biggest concern from the beginning. If you didn't get the top-level guys, what were you going to pay for the mid-level guys? And you've seen here early in free agency, some of these guys, I mean, you know, Drew Gooden's a good player. He's played for eight teams, uh, $30-plus million. Amir Johnson has potential, but, I mean, you're talking about $5 million a year there. 
Uh, some of these players, I mean, Chris Duhon, um, I like Steve Blake, and the Lakers had a need there, but still that's a lot of money for him too. I mean, some guys who you are really, honestly, seventh, eighth, ninth guys on good teams are getting $5 million a year. So what would the Heat have done? I mean, the Heat would have had to throw money at players who were not deserving. Now everything shifts. Now the Heat may get guys who come below value, okay? You, you may end up in a situation where you have a veteran or two, wants to finish his career on a championship note, takes a run with the Heat. So I, I, I think the whole paradigm has shifted now, and now the Heat is completely in the driver's seat. Yeah, let's explain that to people because I've taken so many calls this week from people and gotten emails. Now, okay, if you're paying all this money to three guys, how do you fill out the rest of the roster? There's no limit on the number of minimum players you can sign to your team, and I believe that minimum amount is $1.3 million, correct? Yeah, absolutely, and and I think you, you can just keep adding guys. I mean, you're, you know, you can go over the cap to add them. Um, and, and, you know, guys will have different values based on the amount of years that they've played, but you're going to end up in a situation paying a roughly million dollars, uh, for these guys. And you can add as many of them as you want, obviously, until you get to the, your roster limit. So that's how they'll fill out the roster. Now you look, you start with the first four guys. Now, Mike Miller coming in here now, I think he's going to be the sixth man. I think that probably he comes off the bench, uh, creates some versatility there where you can go small sometimes with LeBron at the four. You could go big sometimes, play Mike Miller at the two with Wade. So those will be your first four guys. So then you've got a couple of you know, three second-round picks, one of which uh, is Deshaun Butler is not going to be healthy until halfway through the year. So they're kind of going to fill your sort of 11 through 13 spots. So the key now is filling spots five through 10. Okay, And, and I think that they'll do that uh, by grabbing a veteran or two that you didn't expect to come down here and play for the minimum. I think they could look at bringing back Joel Anthony, who's a shot blocker, doesn't, doesn't demand the ball in any way. Uh, he could be part of your rotation. Uh, I think that Carlos Arroyo is a possibility, possibly, if not as a starting point guard, then maybe as a backup from Miami. What, had a good time down here, wants to play for the Heat again. Raja Bell is a guy who's expressed interest in playing for the Heat, FIU grad. Uh, another guy who wants to be down here, 33 years old, was hurt last year, uh, but still might have something left. So, I think those are the kinds of guys you're looking at. Uh, Mario Chalmers is still on the roster also. Now, whether he gets moved or in, in one of these situations, there's some talk he may go in the Bosch deal. Uh, that's a possibility. But, but I think that, that you're going to look at a team that's going to have some role guys, set screens, block shots, defend the ball, all that sort of stuff. We're joined by Ethan Skolnick. He's with the South Florida Sun Sentinel. He covers the Miami Heat amongst all Miami sports down there. Um, Let's talk about the brand of LeBron James because, you know, a month ago, he had a pretty strong brand. He obviously still sells tickets. He's going to sell a lot of merchandise. But I think people look at him a little bit differently today than they did a few weeks ago because of the way, the dramatic way that he handled this whole free agency thing. What's your take on that? LeBron is, has damaged his brand. I, I don't think there's any question about that. I, I you know, and, and if he wasn't coming here in Miami, people in Miami would be saying the same thing. I mean, this is a it's a bit of a double standard in sports. You know how it works. I mean, Nick Saban bolts. Uh, leaves Miami in the lurch, and he's a traitor. LeBron James leaves Cleveland. I know he wasn't under contract like Saban, but leaves Cleveland to come to South Florida, and he's a hero. Uh, this is the way we look at things in sports, you know. And so, I, I think when you when you look at the situation, LeBron has some work to do to repair his image. If they win multiple titles, a lot of people are not going to care. 
Um, but the thing is, look, this is Dwayne's team and Dwayne's town, as I said, and there's always going to be a perception among some people that LeBron needed a player of Dwayne Wade's ilk, not a Scottie Pippen who was maybe the 10th or 11th or 12th best player in the NBA, but needed somebody who was among the top five players in the NBA or else he could not win a title, particularly because I think the way that things are going to play out here is that Dwayne Wade is a closer, okay? He's, he, you know, he's, he has... He has that Jordan thing, okay? He's got where he wants the ball in those situations. LeBron has always struck me a little bit differently. I mean, he's deferred in a lot of those situations. He's a little bit, to me, more like Kevin Garnett, a guy who, you know, was the best player on his team but didn't seem to want the ball when it most mattered. So I, I think that Dwayne is going to lead this team in scoring, okay? I, but I think that LeBron, because of all the attention that Dwayne is going to get, that Bosch is going to get, LeBron's going to end up with something like 30 triple-doubles uh, triple on the season. I mean, I, you know, as long as he stays healthy. The record is 42 for Oscar Robertson. I wouldn't put that out of reach. I, I think LeBron's going to put up crazy numbers, but it's not going to be 30 points a game. It might be 22 points a game, you know, averaging eight or nine rebounds and averaging eight or nine assists. I, I think you could be looking at that kind of season for him. You know what's interesting? Uh, Brian Windhorst, a good friend and someone who's been on this show, he's covered the Cavaliers and LeBron for years. LeBron leaves Cleveland, that job becomes a whole lot more difficult and, and less exciting. LeBron comes to Miami, your job just got a little bit more interesting <laughs> and exciting. Maybe you can talk about that. I mean, here literally within the span of a week, you get to cover, if not the most exciting American sports franchise, one of them. Yeah, absolutely. Well, look, everything changes. I mean, you know, it's this is a Dolphins town, as you know, Brian, and, I, you know, this is a football town. And, you know, most of my attention goes towards the Dolphins uh, as a columnist here. I'd say it's probably 60% Dolphins, you know, 20% heat and 20% split between Panthers, Marlins, Hurricanes, Tennis, everything else that happens down here but i mean at this point you know i get a phone call today you know how much more heat emphasis am i going to have i mean because and, and am i going to start taking road trips with that i mean everything changes because this dolphins franchise everybody's been asking me who'll be bigger here locally the dolphins will be bigger because it's just a dolphins town it's a football town this those stands are still going to be full on july 31st nationally it's no contest the other direction I mean, this is going to be a team that's going to be talked about on the first block of Sports Center every night. This is going to be where all the national national writers like coming down here anyway. Okay, they're going to be down here all the time. Everybody, Eric Spolstra is going to go from being a guy that that a lot of people locally knew about to being somebody that everybody nationally knows about. So everything changes, and, and I think if you look at the situation down here, it's got it's exciting for us because especially in the newspaper business, as bad as the newspaper business is, you want anything that keeps you relevant. Um, and this is going to make a lot of us down here, those of us who've kind of survived the great purges of the last three or four years, it's going to make us more relevant. Our stuff gets read more. That's good for business. And one of the things that athletes always have wrong is they always say, uh, you know, you guys, you guys just want to print bad news because it sells papers. It's actually the opposite. Good news sells papers. Good news gets web traffic. That's the stuff people want to read about. Our numbers go way up when a team is good we know now that the Heat, at the very least, is going to be a serious championship contender for the next three to four to five seasons. Uh, that's good for all of us down here. Last question. Dwayne has always been very involved in the community there. Uh, LeBron was involved in his community in Akron. 
How do you see these guys rolling up their sleeves and getting involved? I think one of the greatest community ambassadors in any city in the United States is Alonzo Mourning. Maybe mm-hmm. you can talk about how these guys can endear themselves off the court to that community in Miami. And I guess, you know, Ethan, it's such a diverse community there, too. Maybe explain a little bit. Who makes up that community? Well, I mean, it is a very diverse community. There's obviously a large Latin population down here, you know, primarily Cuban, but also South American. Uh, and, and you know, it's funny because last year when Carlos Arroyo joined the team, he, he had the second hottest selling jersey for the Heat behind Wade. Uh, so that'll tell you a little bit Jeez. about the dynamics down here. He, he was the number two jersey ahead of Beasley, ahead of Jermaine O'Neal, ahead of anybody else, ahead of Haslam, local, a local product. Uh, or anybody else in the roster. So it is a different kind of community, and, and Zoe has done unbelievable work down here. And for those of us who covered Zoe from the very beginning when he was very difficult to deal with, uh, I was just on a Haiti trip with, with Spolstra and Zoe and Tim Hardaway. Uh, you look at the stuff that Zoe has done out there in Haiti. I mean, he's been back to Haiti seven, seven or eight times already. I mean, he's, he's done more than send a check, a lot more. So I, it would be in LeBron's interest to immerse himself in this community. Uh, Wade has kind of attached his name to Zoe in a lot of different ways, in addition to some of the work he's done. But look, LeBron has look, LeBron's got work to do down here. He's got you know, and, and I would recommend he does 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 what Shaq did. Shaq, you know, used to, even when he left LA, he still did things in LA, but he started to establish himself in, in the city of Miami. It's obviously a city that needs a lot of help right now. It's, it's some areas that are pretty financially. Uh, in some financial difficulty, for sure, in this economy. So um, LeBron can make himself bigger than life or bigger than he already is uh, by getting involved in that stuff. And the Heat, I will say, the Heat as an organization, uh, I, I always say that, to me, they're, they're the class organization in South Florida and have been for a while. Uh, no disrespect to the others, but I, the Heat generally does things the right way. I think uh, that, that they'll, make, they'll make an impression on LeBron, and it's important for him to do that stuff. Well, and a good organization, as we always say on this show, starts at the top. And Mickey Arison, one of the best owners in pro sports. And, uh, you know, it's really exciting to see this all come together for him this week. Yeah, well, you look at Mickey, and I think the, the thing that speaks the most volumes about him is that nobody talked about him. <laughs> and I think when you're an owner, you know, you look at Dan Gilbert's letter today or last night, you know, you look at some of the problems that Dolan has had. Reinsdorf has made some enemies over the years. Donald Sterling, a guy that they didn't even want to show up at the yeah. at the meetings. Okay, sometimes it's just better to be quiet. Okay, it's better to be the guy who's behind the scenes, just giving resources to your, to your uh, your people. And uh, and I and I think that Mickey really came off well in this whole thing because it's obvious that there were no concerns about him. Everybody knew that he has an interest in winning. He's not going to meddle. He trusts Pat Riley implicitly. And I think that came across because, again, I think ownership did play a role in this. I think when you look at, at Dan Gilbert and the way that he goes off, uh, you know, maybe LeBron was uncomfortable. Who knows? Okay. Look at uh, New York. He had every reason to be uncomfortable. New Jersey, it was an attractive situation, sort of an intriguing situation, but you don't know what Prokhorov is going to be uh, in, you know, once, once you know, he's, throw, he's done some crazy things so far. He's fun, but you don't know if he's going to be a good NBA owner. People generally know that Mickey Harrison is a good owner, and I think that really helped the Heat. Well, I really appreciate you taking time to join us on Sports Business Radio. I know you're a prolific tweeter. How can people follow you on Twitter? Uh, Ethan J. Skolnick. So uh, just put that in. I appreciate it. It's funny. Last night, uh, I went from 2,100 to 2,800 in the span of about five minutes. So I, I, that, that gave me a, a feel for what, what I'm looking at. 
I haven't gotten to, to King James numbers yet, though. He kind of blew right by me. Yeah, he's at 384,000. I think you got a way to go. <laughs> thanks so I much do. for joining us, and we'll talk to you soon. All right, thanks, guys. You're listening to Sports Business Radio. We'll be right back. Stay in touch with SBR on Twitter. Twitter.com slash SBRadio. This is Brian Berger, host of Sports Business Radio. Every championship team has one thing in common, good coaching. And I want to be your coach, your media coach. When I'm not hosting Sports Business Radio, I team with former Nike PR director Lee Weinstein to form New School Media Coaching. New School Media Coaching uses a fresh and interactive approach for educating our clients about dealing with today's media landscape. Whether you're an athlete, a coach, or a front office executive in the sports or business world, We'll prepare you for communications with the masses in today's social media world where everything is on the record. And just like any good coach, we'll help you practice your new skills and we'll be there to provide constructive feedback every step of the way. With a combined 40 years of experience, we're veteran coaches, but we use a new school approach. For an overview and a list of our services, visit newschoolmediacoaching.wordpress.com or email me at brian at sportsbusinessradio.com. The website is sportsbusinessradio.com. My guest is Eric Woolworth. He's the president of business operations for the Miami Heat. What a week in Miami. Eric, congratulations, and thanks for joining us on Sports Business Radio. Uh, thank you. I'm uh, pleased to be here. So give me your initial reaction when you heard the news that LeBron James, the prize catch on the free agent market, was coming to Miami. Uh, well, I mean, you know, that announcement is, is exciting in and of itself, but when you couple it with uh, the announcement of the other guys, it kind of takes it into a whole other uh, stratosphere. It's, uh, it's very exciting. The whole town is excited, um, and uh, frankly, it's a little crazy. I bet. Let's talk about how crazy it's been. Give me some season ticket numbers as far as just the volume of phone calls and maybe the amount of season tickets that you've sold since these announcements have been made. Well, uh, the funny thing about that is, you know, we, we have a long-standing policy where we don't discuss uh, the sales numbers. But I, I will give you some some anecdotal evidence that'll that'll kind of crack you up. Is when the Stephen Smith Stephen A. Smith uh, story came out last Monday, a week ago, a, a week, I don't know, two weeks ago almost Monday. Um, our phones went crazy, and we had the second best selling week we've ever had. Then on last Friday, the rumor started that uh, that Dwayne was taking a second meeting in Chicago, and all of a sudden it went dead. <laughs> we didn't sell it. We didn't sell a season ticket for three days. Wow! Um, and then this week it uh, it picked back up again. And really, by the time LeBron made his announcement uh, last night, we really didn't have any season ticket inventory left to sell. The only thing that I can compare this to for your franchise is when you acquired Shaquille O'Neal. Has this blown that away? I would imagine. You know, it's it's funny. We I, we had a staff meeting this morning to talk about this. That um, in a way, we're really the, uh, the the one franchise probably in the league who's best equipped to handle this, having kind of been through it, right, uh, or something like it once before. But this is uh, this is a whole other level of craziness, and we we enjoyed our our, our summer of Shack, and uh, and it was a lot of fun around here. And frankly, we're we're older and wiser. I mean, we we learned a lot of lessons along the way, and and one of the things we did. When we got Shaq, which I think is sort of the human reaction when you're a business guy, is we just sold everything. Um, you know, as long as people were calling, we were selling, and uh, and it was a lot of fun. We re- we led the league in season ticket sales for a couple of years. Um, enjoyed that, stuck our chests out, um, but but we also learned that that's not necessarily the best thing for our business. Um, and so this time, 
we held we held back probably somewhere between a quarter and a third of our ticket inventory that we are not going to sell on a season ticket basis. We're going to save it for our group business and our partial plans and our individual game tickets that we will probably variably price uh, depending on day of the week and opponent and and that sort of thing as a as a as a way to to accomplish two things: one, to to grab more of an upside on the big games and the weekends and things like that from a revenue perspective, but also as a way to invite the entire community. And I think one of the things that happened the last time is we had all these season ticket holders, but they were the only people that were that could come to the game because we sold all the tickets. And I think by holding back some of the inventory and making them available to a broader, broader spectrum of folks, and to some extent uh, in a more affordable way, um, you know, we can really help. We can really uh, make it possible for the entire community here in South Florida to come to the American Airlines Arena this year and really enjoy the show and um, and get on board with us. Eric, I've been to Miami, but for the people listening to the show that have not been to Miami, can you describe, I guess, the base of fans that you have there? Because it's such a diverse fan base. <laughs> yes, it is. Um, it's a, it's a, Miami's a really fun place. It's, it's a big event town, and so... Um, his, the, I think the history of all the professional teams here is that when we're winning, um, the fans, uh, you know, the, the stands are packed and the fans are great and we're not, you know, we're all kind of struggling, uh, to fill the place up. We've done a better job the last couple of years, I think, than, uh, than most of the other teams to keep the place full, even when our teams might not have been the best. Um, but it's, a, it becomes a challenging market when you don't have that super powered, um, team and uh, you know we're we're thanking uh, we're thanking our ownership and and Pat and and uh, and all the folks on the basketball side who work so hard to make this happen because it uh, it's great for us on the business side. I'm joined by Eric Woolworth. He's the president of business operations for the Miami Heat. Eric, courtside seats. I would imagine that you're going to be able to get a pretty penny for those <laughs> courtside seats. You've got three of the biggest names in the NBA running up and down your floor every night there in Miami. Can you give us a ballpark for what someone would pay for a courtside seat? I've heard figures, you know, potentially $100,000 for a courtside seat. Is that anywhere near accurate? Uh, on a season basis? Uh, no, just on a, I guess, on a per-game basis. No, if you wanted no, to sit no, 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 no. The, the, you know, in the around a lot in a lot of places around the league, um, it's not uncommon to get a hundred thousand um, dollars for a season for a for a uh, a, floor, a, a courtside seat, um, and we're no different. We're not. We didn't jack. You know, we didn't suddenly turn around and just like jack all our prices. I mean, we are. Uh, we raised prices in, at the beginning of July, uh, which is an announcement we said we were going to do back in February. So there was a little price increase, but we didn't. We didn't uh, all of a sudden turn around and you know, triple our prices or anything like that. It's not, not the way we do business here. Well, I mean, it's interesting. Obviously, you're putting a ton of money out there to get these three players to come and play in Miami. So you've got to recoup that money. Maybe you can explain to our audience the different revenue streams that you have to recoup that money and take advantage of having these iconic players all playing on one team. Yeah, I think the way that, uh, the way that most... Um... The way that most teams break down, probably the way that we've historically broke down, is about a third of our revenue comes through uh, ticket sales, uh, tickets and premium seats, about a third through um, through media, and, and about a third uh, through through corporate partnerships. Um, and we think that balance, that, that'll probably pretty much stay in balance as, as everything just kind of rises and goes up. Um, but we've already, you know, spent the last whatever, it hasn't even been 24 hours yet, brainstorming on ideas for, for new revenue streams and things like that. So we will, uh, we will certainly be trying to push the envelope uh, in the years ahead. With sponsors, I look at a guy like Yao Ming in Houston. All kinds of new sponsors came on board with the Rockets when they landed him. 
You've got LeBron James in the fold now. Obviously, he's got many corporate partners. Dwayne Wade, same way. Chris Bosh, to a lesser degree. Do you pick up the phone and call these partners of, of these players and say, hey, let's do business? Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, and the Rockets uh, are an organization I admire uh, tremendously. They did a fantastic job when they got Yao Ming, and they've, they've figured out how to mine the, the, the market over in China. And uh, I may actually be uh, calling my friends in, in Houston and trying <laughs> to get some introductions uh, because we are going to be the, the epicenter of the basketball world, um, you know, capital letters for the foreseeable future. And that includes China and India and Europe. And, you know, everybody around the world is watching Miami now uh, when it comes to basketball. And we're, we're keenly aware of that. And uh, we're going to do our best to represent the, the NBA in the, in the best possible way. So let's talk about your broadcast partners. Now, you know, I don't know how many Miami Heat games were on in China. I know there were some on in the Philippines because of Eric Spolstra. Right. But, uh, you know, what do you do to broaden your reach? So now, you know, you've got guys who have been over to China, who have played in the Olympics in China, who are household names in China. You're taking advantage of all of the money that's in that market. Right, as 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 you know, Brian, that, those are league. Those are really league opportunities. Um, our our marketing rights are are limited to our territory, um, but obviously, when we do have nationally televised games and things of that nature, the reach uh, the reach does uh, become a little larger. Um, and and there are people that that also just want to be associated with, and companies that are going to want to be associated with the the the, the mayhem and the and the bedlam that is now going to be uh, Miami Miami Heat basketball. So um, you know, there'll be lots of different reasons that people will want to do business with us. And uh, and we'll be trying to, to mine the mine the um, the corporate world and, and find all those people. Merchandise sales. I can see the number six LeBron James jerseys flying off the shelves, not only in Miami <laughs> but probably around the world. Tell people how can they get their hands on these new jerseys? <laughs> uh, uh, MiamiHeat.com. <laughs> okay. Uh, and follow the links. That's the best way to do it. And are they available now? I think I saw either it was a mock-up or you know someone was going to be selling the the LeBron James number six jersey. Uh, the, the, you can pre-order. The the authentics won't be ready for a couple of weeks, but we've been taking pre-orders uh, all night. In fact, uh, our, our merchandise guys are very very busy right now. I'm joined by Eric Woolworth. He's the president of business operations for the Miami Heat. Just a few minutes left. Do you do anything to your arena? to accommodate these three iconic players, or do you leave things the same way? No, you know, I, I don't know that we'll be doing anything to accommodate them, but we actually are feeling pretty good about some of the decisions we've made over the last couple of years when, when a lot of organizations that are similarly situated were, were cutting back and not making investments. We actually made some sizable investments in, um, in going to HD throughout our arena in redoing the IP backbone of our arena, which is 10 years old, so that we now can accommodate digital signage. Uh, we put an outdoor video board in front of the arena that we're selling outdoor advertising on. Um, and all, a lot of the signage that we have in the building now is digital and dynamic and can really, um, uh, can really um, uh, communicate with the, the fans that are in the building in a much more uh, personal way than you see in most sports arenas. Um, and, and that stuff is going to really pay off for us now. We've got so much more to offer potential sponsors than, than most uh, sports and entertainment companies do. And uh, we, we were already doing well, in fact. Most, uh, a lot of the, the organizations like ours were, were off in corporate revenue the last couple of years, and we've been growing uh, largely because of the, the, the investments we've made in our infrastructure and our ability to deliver messages uh, in, in, such a, in such a more um, uh, direct and personal way. Yeah, maybe you can talk for a moment about the commitment of Mickey Arison, the owner of the Heat. Um, he seems like one of the best owners in the NBA. He's obviously always put his money where his mouth is. And 
you know, I can't imagine that he's probably doing cartwheels, and I know the franchise value of the Heat probably goes up having these iconic players all on the same team. It's got to be a great week for him. Uh, absolutely. I mean, two things. One, uh, you know, I'm hardly objective, but uh, but I believe Mickey Harrison is uh, the best owner in all of sports. Um, you know, he does not. Um, he's not an owner that meddles in in. Uh, in our uh, decision-making. He hires the best people that he can find to run his basketball and his business operations, and he lets us do our jobs. And, uh, and he's very supportive, and, and he's frankly a brilliant man. I mean, having meetings with him is never anything less than an educational uh, experience. And uh, if anybody was going to pull this off, it was going to be him. And, uh, and I'm, I'm proud to work for him, and I'm, I'm, uh, I'm really happy for him because he's also the biggest fan in the world. And, uh, and yes, he is, he's a little giddy at the moment. <laughs> well, the other guy, I said at the beginning of this process, I've been around Pat Riley. And Pat Riley is the best salesperson on this earth. And, <laughs> you know, I, just, I said on this show, I don't see LeBron James being able to say no to Pat Riley after he meets with them. And obviously, Pat did a terrific sales job, and I'm sure Dwayne Wade was part of that sales job too. But, uh, you know, Pat Riley still has that uh, – that power over people, I guess. You know, I know that you have a uh, you have personal uh, experience in that regard, and what you say is absolutely true. That's the best. He's the best. Yeah, and uh, we're very happy to have him on our team. Last thing, uh, the Dolphins have always been so huge in Miami. Football's big there with the Hurricanes as well. But does this this has got to put you on par with the Dolphins? Maybe you even uh, surpass the Dolphins as far as popularity in Miami. Oh, I got a lot of respect for those guys up there, and I'll I'll let the uh, the media and uh, and the public uh, make those kinds of pronouncements. And uh, but we're very happy with everything that's happened, and uh, and thrilled with where we sit at the moment. So, Eric, before you go, where can people find out more information if they want to buy jerseys, if they want to buy tickets, if they want to be a part of this excitement in Miami? Where do they go? Best place to go is always Heat.com. Heat.com. Eric, congratulations and thanks so much for joining us on Sports Business Radio. Thanks, Brian. I appreciate it. Thank you. You're listening to Sports Business Radio. We'll be right back. Stay in the know at SportsBusinessRadio.com. Podcasts, blogs, and more. SBR. We'll be right back. Hi, this is Brian Berger, host of Sports Business Radio. Well, I'm dusting off my golf clubs and looking forward to enjoying the gorgeous Oregon summer weather on the golf course. Like many of you, I'm on a budget. I want to tee it up when it's convenient for my schedule, and I enjoy playing golf courses that deliver a private golf club experience. That's why I want to tell you about the Ghost Pass at Pumpkin Ridge Golf Club. The Ghost Pass is Oregon's premier frequent player program that allows you to play the world-renowned Ghost Creek Golf Course for over half off of the regular greens fees. And with your Ghost Pass, you can make your tee times 14 days in advance. The Ghost Pass program sets itself apart by offering a competitive tournament program, which includes one exclusive Ghost Pass event at Witch Hollow. The Ghost Pass is available for only $150, and here's the best part. When you sign up for the Ghost Pass, you'll receive a complimentary round of golf valued at $150. So you literally can't lose when you purchase the Ghost Pass. Go online to PumpkinRidge.com and sign up for the Ghost Pass today. I'll see you on the links. This is Sports Business Radio. Well, it was a big week for LeBron James. He leaves Cleveland, goes to Miami. Going to join Dwayne Wade and Chris Bosh. But it was a big week for his marketing company, LRMR. That's his marketing firm that he runs with his buddies. They signed their first star athlete. Who is it? 
It's New Orleans Hornets guard Chris Paul, a good friend of LeBron James. Chris Paul has left Octagon and is now going to be with LRMR. They will do endorsement deals for him in the future and handle his marketing. Griggs, that ought to be interesting. I mean, they've done a pretty good job with LeBron. I almost wonder if they'll like maybe do some package deals, do some, uh, hey, you take LeBron, you got to take Chris two kind of deal. That's kind of what I was thinking. I think you might see a couple of those guys together on different uh, projects down the road. Definitely. Well, and they're both associated with Nike. Chris Paul is with the Jordan brand. LeBron James is with Nike. Dwayne Wade also with the Jordan brand if you're keeping track. One final note I wanted to point out. I pointed this out several weeks ago when we talked about NBA free agency. At the end of the day, creative artist agency, which to many people is known as a firm that represents Hollywood and TV stars. They represented LeBron, Dwayne Wade, Chris Bosh. Who else do they represent? Pat Riley, president of the Miami Heat. Eric Spolstra, coach of the Miami Heat. I pointed that out on Twitter. For any conspiracy theorists out there, have, have at it with this, but I think there's more than just coincidence that those three marquee CAA clients found their way to Pat Riley in Miami. Griggs, we're going to go in a minute, but uh, you going to watch World Cup? I will watch it. Um, hopefully it's a good game. You know, I hope, it's, I hope it, it's a battle down to the end. It'd be fun if it even went extra because there's been a couple of good extra extra time games this time around. So it'd be cool if it, if it you know, ended 1-1 with the tie going into extra and make it a little more exciting. Who do you have, Spain or the Netherlands? I think Spain will win it. Okay. Definitely. I think so too, but uh, I'm kind of rooting for the Netherlands and I yeah. like their uh, their orange jerseys. For sure. All right, lots of thank yous on our show this week. Eric Woolworth, the president of business operations for the Miami Heat. Ethan Skolnick with the South Florida Sun Sentinel in Miami. Our show staff, Brian Griggs, Nathan Roach, Bobby Corser, Josh Blank, Darren Peck, Ron Barr, James Harris, and Doug Zanger. Our sponsors, the Warsaw Sports Marketing Center at the University of Oregon and New School Media Coaching. A podcast reminder, you can catch our show on demand via podcast every week. Just go to sportsbusinessradio.com and click on the podcast page. I'm Brian Berger for Brian Griggs. Enjoy your weekend. We'll talk to you next week right here on Sports Business Radio. Hi, this is Brian Berger, host of Sports Business Radio. It's no secret that we're battling a tough economy these days. It's more difficult than ever for companies to position their brand in a unique way and reach their target audience. Sports Business Radio can help you, though. Sports Business Radio is syndicated in markets nationwide. Our popular podcast is regularly rated in the top 100 business news podcasts on iTunes and has listeners around the world. But our radio network and podcast aren't the only places your company will receive exposure when you join our family of sponsors. We'll also give you exposure via sportsbusinessradio.com and at our new Sports Executive Speaker Series events, which feature a conversation with a key decision maker from the world of sports in front of a live audience. And best of all, we can expose your product to the big-name guests that appear on our show. We'd love to have you on our team. Please contact me at brian at sportsbusinessradio.com or at 503-701-2215 if you're interested in becoming a sponsor of Sports Business Radio.